you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Tuesday, April 18. It's nowhere near enough. That's the latest criticism from union bosses representing workers in the struggling aged care sector. They say a non-binding pledge by the sector's peak body to pass on the Fair Work Commission's 15% pay rise won't do anything to improve on-the-ground conditions. They want the government to step in and ensure the funding boost isn't hoarded by providers. Almost 540 local governments will play a vital role in the nation's transition to net zero. And now they're calling on their federal counterparts to pump $200 million into a purpose-built fund to help them cut their emissions. The pre-budget submission by the Australian Local Government Association says the initiative would also aid in job creation, improved housing and community resilience. Blatant misrepresentations and consistent inappropriate interference. That's how the ACT's Director of Public Prosecutions described the conduct of police involved in the rape investigation of former Liberal staffer Bruce Lerman. The explosive complaint has been revealed as the catalyst for a board of inquiry into the ACT's criminal justice system. And with hundreds of thousands of documents under the microscope, it's just the beginning. That's in today's episode. It was the trial that took turn after unexpected turn. Last year, former Liberal Party staffer Bruce Lerman mounted a two-month-long defence in the ACT Supreme Court. He was accused of raping his one-time colleague, Brittany Higgins, inside Parliament House in 2019. Bruce Lerman arrived at court flanked by his legal team as he prepared to face... By that point, the trial had been delayed more than once. First, it was a scheduling conflict... Then, intense publicity gave presiding judge Justice Lucy McCallum no choice but to delay proceedings again. Chief Justice McCallum told the court that her speech has obliterated the distinction between allegations and facts. A further hearing will be held on Thursday. When the trial finally got underway, a parade of high-profile witnesses took their turn in the witness box. Political figures, journalists and security staff all gave evidence. Brittany Higgins herself was among them. Sometimes emotional and sometimes angry, Ms Higgins said she wasn't trying to hide anything from police. Linda Reynolds is used to fielding questions at Parliament. Today, she was fielding them from the Supreme Court. Reynolds, was that a tough day in court? Senator Michaelia Cash later agreed with Mr Lehrman's lawyers that it would instead be political suicide to cover it up. Lehrman pleaded not guilty but didn't testify in his own defence. He's always maintained his innocence. And ultimately, the charges against him amounted to nothing. The trial was sensationally aborted following days of deliberation by the jury. In an extraordinary turn of events, the rape trial of former Liberal staffer Bruce Lerman has been aborted after a juror's misconduct was discovered by a court sheriff. Higgins's disappointment was palpable. My life has been publicly scrutinised, open for the world to see... His was not. He never faced one question. Despite that, the ACT Director of Public Prosecutions, Shane Drumgold, declined to pursue a retrial, citing his concerns for Higgins's well-being. 
I've made the difficult decision that it is no longer in the public interest to pursue a prosecution at the risk of a complainant's life. But legal action has followed, this time from the Lerman camp. He's reportedly launched defamation proceedings against Network 10 and the ABC over reporting of the allegations against him. And now the case is back in the spotlight, though the focus has turned to the criminal justice agencies involved in bringing it to trial. It's an independent inquiry into the criminal justice system in the Australian Capital Territory. That's Kristen Shorten. She's an investigative reporter with The Australian. She's covered all the ups and downs of this case as it's made its way through the ACT's justice system. The ACT government established the board in December to ensure that the Territory's framework for progressing criminal investigations and prosecutions is robust, fair and respects the rights of those involved and that the agencies work together effectively and appropriately within their respective statutory frameworks, which is something we've been hearing a lot about so far. Specifically, the inquiry will examine the conduct of the criminal justice agencies involved in Bruce Lamon's rape trial and the decisions that led to him being charged with sexually assaulting Brittany Higgins. The inquiry will be led by Walter Sofronoff KC, a former president of the Queensland Court of Appeal. His name and frank conversation style will be familiar to listeners of the front. Requested production of the full brief of evidence relating to Ms Higgins's complaint concerning Mr Lerman. What you just heard was Sofronoff at a preliminary directions hearing for the Board of Inquiry into the criminal justice system on March 30. He's well acquainted with the inquiry process. Sofronoff wrapped up a $6 million commission of inquiry into Queensland's state-run DNA lab in December. His recommendations were the catalyst for a complete overhaul of the dysfunctional facility. The report makes some horrible reading because of the, the kinds of errors that have been made, but all of that's going to be attacked in the near future. The DNA inquiry was covered in the Australian's investigative podcast, Shandy's Story. Sofronoff also led a 2015 inquiry into the Grantham flood disaster, which resulted in the deaths of 12 people. He is the perfect person for this job. In his role as chairman of this board, he is independent of government. Now, he has a mammoth task ahead of him. The initial public hearing on Monday heard that he's already obtained an overwhelming amount of material to work through in such a short time frame while facing a month of public hearings in May. But he is focused and he will get the job done. He's repeatedly expressed his commitment to getting it done by his June 30 deadline. Sofronoff is in esteemed company. This inquiry has attracted some of Australia's brightest legal minds. The Australian has previously revealed who some of the heavy-hitting barristers and lawyers involved in this board of inquiry will be. But interestingly, on Monday, we also heard that barrister Peggy Dwyer, who is currently counsel assisting at the coronial inquest into Kumanjai Walker's death, will be representing the victims of crime commissioner Heidi Yates at the inquiry. We had previously revealed that Adelaide Silk David Edwardson Casey, who is representing the Northern Territory Police Officer who fatally shot Walker, is representing Stephen Wybrow at the inquiry. Stephen Wybrow was Bruce Lehrman's defence lawyer at his trial. Meanwhile, today, Sue Chrysanthu, SE, phoned into the inquiry to seek leave to represent Network 10 journalist Lisa Wilkinson at the inquiry. And it's expected that Walter Sofronoff will report his findings to the Chief Minister by June 30. This board of inquiry has a very specific purpose, and it's not a de facto rape trial. More on that after the break. 
a troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. To be clear, this board of inquiry into the rape trial of Bruce Lehrman isn't a proxy for a retrial. Chairperson Walter Sofronoff Casey doesn't have the power to press charges and nobody's trying to make a judgment of guilt or innocence in the alleged incident. It is important to emphasise that this is not an inquiry into the allegations made by Ms Higgins against Mr Lerman. It is only concerned with the way in which each of the criminal justice agencies involved fulfilled their duties in the investigation and prosecution of those allegations, as well as in the course of providing support to Ms Higgins in that proceeding. Just two hearings have taken place so far. More than 143,000 documents have been collected and 33 requests for statements have been issued. It's clear this is no small matter. At the end of March, Mr Sofronoff gave preliminary directions to his counsel assisting as well as representatives for the ACT's Director of Public Prosecutions and the Australian Federal Police, among others. That's essentially a day set aside for everyone to be briefed on how the inquiry will run and what's expected of them. It was at yesterday's first public hearing that the explosive catalyst for the Board of Inquiry came into sharp relief. On day one of the hearing, Ms Longbottom ventilated the letter, which, you know, really lit the match that sparked this public inquiry, which was a letter from ACT Director of Public Prosecutions, Shane Drumgold, to the ACT Chief Police Officer, Commissioner Neil Gagan, on November 1, 2022. In the immediate aftermath of Bruce Lamon's rape trial being aborted due to jury misconduct. Now, in this letter, Mr Drumgold alleged 18 months of inappropriate interference from the police in Bruce Lamon's prosecution. So he wrote to Commissioner Gagan saying that there'd been more than one and a half years of consistent and appropriate interference by police investigators in the proceeding and called for the public inquiry. In that letter, Mr Drumgold contended, amongst other matters, that At a meeting in relation to the proceeding, police were cherry-picking elements of potential evidence advanced as constituting weaknesses in the case, and that in a request for advice from the DPP, police provided blatant misrepresentations of evidence and made an overt attempt to apply pressure to the conclusion of that meeting or advice. He also said that during the trial, a number of disturbing events occurred, including constant, exclusive, direct engagement from the police with the defence rather than the prosecution, and He called upon Commissioner Gagan to issue a direction to all police to remove themselves from any engagement in the matter beyond being called as witnesses for the prosecution, including no further contact with the defence or other prosecution witnesses and no contact with the complainant, Ms Higgins. He also wanted police prohibited from attending court beyond giving formal evidence if required. It's this tension between the various departments that's at the heart of this inquiry. Ms Longbottom told the inquiry that the relationship between ACT policing and the DPP had been fractured from the beginning when it comes to this matter and these allegations against Bruce Lemon. 
but you will hear evidence that from the outset, engagement between the DPP and ACT policing in this matter was beset by tension. Those involved in the meetings appear to have somewhat different perceptions of what occurred. The inquiry heard that there were a lot of points of conflict and contention, but some of them included whether it was proper for a second evidence-in-chief interview with Ms Higgins to be conducted in May 2021, confusion over whether Mr Lamman should be charged, and a disagreement on matters related to Ms Higgins' credibility. The explosive nature of Mr Drumgold's complaint has set the tone for what will follow. The remarks we heard, while they were relatively brief, the issues there were certainly more specific and detailed than expected. There was also some back and forth between Mr Sofranoff asking questions of the various legal representatives. So that offered a bit of an insight into how quickly he's processing the information as it comes to hand and really turning it over. There was a light moment towards the end, which was also quite telling when he thanked the parties to the inquiry and their legal counsel for their effort in cooperating and producing such vast volumes of material in such a short time, where he acknowledged that some of the correspondence from his team might come across as quite testy before sort of quick-wittedly adding. Well, we get testy correspondence from you too. (laughs) That's all all part of the way in which uh, these things proceed. Kristen Shorten is an investigative reporter with The Australian. You can be the first to hear all the revelations from the Board of Inquiry's public hearings at theaustralian.com.au. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman, a dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for CrimeX Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime.